C. diff, spores, and more is brought to you by Clorox Healthcare, trusted solutions for your infection prevention needs. Visit us on the web at CloroxHealthcare.com. Welcome to C. diff, spores, and more with your host, Nancy Kerala. We are here to discuss C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and other related healthcare topics. Now, here's your host, Nancy Kerala. Good afternoon and welcome and thank you for joining us today on C. diff, spores, and more global broadcasting network. We would like to thank our sponsor, Clorox Healthcare, for making this program possible. Visit the Clorox Healthcare website to learn more about their products, keeping everyone safer, cloroxhealthcare.com forward slash Radio. Today, we welcome our guest, Dr. Mark Stivick, co-founder and chief scientific officer of Xenix. Joining us today to discuss how some hospitals are winning the battle against C. diff and much more. Stopping C. diff, technology's important role, and what patients can do to avoid an infection will be discussed during the next 60 minutes. At this time, I would like to welcome Dr. Stibick to the program and thank him for joining us today. Thank you so much, Dr. Stibick, and welcome. Thank you, Nancy. It's great to be here. Well, it's, a, it's wonderful to have you here and um, not to detain anymore, but we're going to ask you, Dr. Stibick, to start with the basics. If you wouldn't mind explain, explaining to our global listeners, what is the Xenix germ zapping robot and what does it do for the um, hospitals and combating C. diff and hospital-associated infections? Sure, sure. That sounds great. Um, so what it is, is it's a portable robot. It's, it's about the size of, it's a little bit smaller than a wheelchair. And, and, and basically what happens is it gets rolled all around the hospital into areas where we think that there might be contamination on surfaces, you know, and, and there might be C. diff spores on those surfaces, causing risk to patients, family, staff, anyone who might come in contact with those surfaces. Basically, the, you know, the way it works is uh, an operator will roll it into, say, a bathroom. It'll run for four minutes in the bathroom, and then it runs for four minutes on either side of the bed in a patient room. We're also commonly used in operating rooms and equipment storage areas, basically all throughout a hospital. And um, right now, about over 300 hospitals in the U.S. are, are using the robot on a, on a daily basis to, to reduce their, the risk of C. diff infections. And, um, and that's really wonderful. It's just been an amazing... Um, growth of the of the company and of, of interest in and doing everything possible to to prevent C diff infections. Exactly, and we can't thank you enough for all that you and your staff and the organization are doing to combat C diff and all the uh, healthcare associated infections. And Dr. Stibick, we know that Xenix germ zapping robots they have been a, they have been credited for helping healthcare facilities in the U.S. decrease their MRSA, C diff, and surgical site infection rates by more than fifty, seventy, and a hundred percent, respectively. And Xenix has the light strike. Can you share more in-depth information about the Xenon light disinfection system? Sure. So, so the way, you know, the, what, what's happening is it, it produces a high-energy light, and that's ultraviolet, and it produces what's called ultraviolet C, or germicidal ultraviolet. This, this light doesn't naturally occur on Earth. So the, the bacteria like C. diff or MRSA or any of the main pathogens we're concerned about in hospitals, they've never evolved any kind of resistance to it because it doesn't occur on Earth. So we artificially produce this using a xenon gas lamp, which is a noble gas, it's completely inert. It's not, you know, you can find xenon and oxygen, it's completely safe. And then we produce this high energy light and that penetrates the cell wall and it basically fuses the DNA or RNA of the viruses or bacteria or spores. And then those, those organisms can no longer cause an infection. So it's really just a, it's a wonderful way to, to augment the infection control practices at facilities because you know, they, they do the normal cleaning and all that, and then we bring in the light, and the light, just as it shines on all the different surfaces in the, in, the, in the room, it's able to fuse the DNA of these organisms. And what we've seen is, and, and then uh, several hospitals have published on this, we, I think there, there are eight published studies now showing reductions in hospital-acquired infections after they deploy the Xenox robot. And that reduction is primarily what we get reported back is primarily C. diff reductions. And so we're seeing reductions facility-wide of, as you said, 53, 70%. And we're learning more and more now. The, you know, the more we use the robot, the more we concentrate the use of the robot, 
say, doing every single discharge in an ICU or doing equipment rooms, the bigger reduction we see. And I think that's important because one challenge we're all facing is more and more patients are coming in to the hospital already colonized with CDIS. And so those spores are creating, not only is there a risk of that flaring up and developing to infection for that patient, but they may be shedding spores into the environment, creating risk for family and staff and other patients. So we're finding we've got to expand beyond those isolation rooms and really just very aggressively disinfect every, every room, every spot we can on a, on a unit or an area in the hospital. Thank you so much, Dr. Stipik, for explaining that. And wouldn't you, would you mind explaining exactly how does the robot work against C. diff? So what, we, what we're trying to do, the way we think of it, is that there is a, a reservoir in, in facilities. So the C. diff spore can survive on surfaces for, for up to six months, and it can be infectious for that long. And so if you think about, you know, as patients come in and out of an ICU or, you know, a medical floor in a hospital, you know, within the last six months, there was the high, there's a high chance that somebody was either infected with C. diff, colonized with C. diff, somehow C. diff's getting into those environments. And that builds up over time. And what we do is we, on a daily basis, we, we, we push that down. We, we try to suppress that reservoir of C. diff, which creates a base risk. Now, those surfaces, you know, they may be causing a direct infection as the patient touches the surfaces and then, you know, inhales or, or brings a C. diff spore into their body. But also, you know, as nurses come and go, as people come and go, there's so many people come and go into the rooms. They're touching surfaces, they're adjusting tray tables, they're handing glasses of water, and all those pose a potential risk to transmit C. diff. And so if we can lower the amount of C. diff on all of those surfaces on a routine basis, we're going to reduce that risk of transmission. Okay. And Dr. Stibick, in between the UV disinfecting by the germ zapping robot, are there other environmental safety um, procedures going on in the hospital room? Absolutely. So... The, you know, the current protocols call for, you know, sporicidal disinfectant to be used on a daily basis on the high-touch surfaces in the room and the bathroom multiple times a day, ideally, and then also when that patient's discharged. And what we're doing is we're coming in and we're, we're adding an additional tool to that, that process. At sometimes, you know, we, we also are being used, you know, daily in the bathroom. So a seat of patient will, will come in every day and, and disinfect their bathroom in addition to everything else that's happening in the hospital. And then, of course, all of the all of the good practices around hand hygiene and, and other infection control are also critically important. So it all kind of works together in a in a bundle. But what we're able to do is come in and really augment that last very critical step between patients as one patient leaves and the next patient comes in. Because what we find is the 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 EVS we call them the environmental service workers, the housekeepers, they're under tremendous pressure to turn and clean a room and, and very quickly. And it's just humanly impossible to remove all the pathogens from a room. And that's what we come in. We come in and we give them a new, a new tool to disinfect and make that room safe. And one thing we like to think about is, you know, the, the pathogens, say like MRSA and, and some of these other pathogens, they've, they've all evolved over the past 10 years and become resistant, become hardier in the environment. But the tools we use to clean the environment, those need to evolve too. And that's where we fit in. We're, we're giving them a new tool in their toolkit to make that room as safe as possible. Right. And you're protecting not only the patients, families, and it's the staff also. And, and I'm, I know that they they really greatly appreciate that too. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Stibick, the C. diff foundation and Xenix have known each other now since 2013. You've participated in our conferences. We're so grateful for that. And it's been exciting to watch Xenix grow through the years. How has your world changed since 2013? Well, so those have been a great changes, and we, we have had the, the, the privilege of working with the CEDA Foundation. It's been, it's been wonderful. Um, I, I think one of the primary changes that we've really seen is that the changes in reimbursement in hospitals. When we started the company, back before 2013, our, our first product launched, our first robot launched in 2011, and I remember this very distinctly in our, in our presentation slides, we had slides about the role of environment and infection, and we were trying to convince people that the environment mattered. We no longer have to use that slide because it's so clear that the environment, and, and especially for C. diff, is a, is a source of risk that everybody gets that now. Everybody understands that in the hospital. So we're no longer saying, 
no, you have, you know, the environment is something you need to address. We're, now we're talking about here's the best, you know, here, here are ways to address that problem. So between that change, so there's a realization that the environment is an important factor. The other one is CMS or Medicare, Medicaid, you know, they're changing how they reimburse for, for things and, and C. diff becomes an important, the C. diff infection rates become an important measure in how hospitals are reimbursed. That's really helped us get the attention beyond infection control who live and breathe this every day and the environmental services staff who this is, you know, they, those are the front lines. But we get up into, you know, the executives now because there's so much attention on these hospital-acquired infection rates, particularly on the C. diff infection rate, that hospitals are much more willing to create aggressive programs to address that. And that's been a wonderful change that we've seen probably over the past three years. Well, not just a bit. There are wonderful changes in progress, and we thank you so much again for that. And before we go to break, Dr. Stibbett, can you explain um, how hospitals are becoming more sophisticated, and are they, and what do they, what do they need to do to protect their patients more? So I think they are becoming more sophisticated. They're, they're, you know, they're seeing all the interrelation of the different risks. So there's, you know, anti antimicrobial stewardship and what what antibiotics we're giving patients and how those might affect the risk of infection. And there's also the, you know focus on the environment, and of course focus on hand hygiene. And those are really three key pieces, and in, in reducing risk. And I think the programs and the hospitals are becoming more sophisticated in, in how they create the programs and think about the programs and, and importantly, how they resource their programs. So, you know, if, you, if we roll the clock back five plus years, infection control programs, I won't say they were a low priority, but they, they didn't have a huge budget line attached to them. But now more and more we're seeing, um, you know, patient safety and quality and these, these kinds of programs getting more and more attention, more and more resources and more and more interest in the hospital. And again, that's a wonderful change for patients and, and, and for the hospital workers themselves because they have to be in that environment every day as well. Yes, exactly, they do. And we thank you again for that, Dr. Stibick. We're going to pause here for a brief commercial break. And when we, we return, we'll continue learning more about stopping C. diff, technology's important role, and what patients can do to avoid an infection with Dr. Mark Stibick. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these important messages. Making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The CDF Foundation offers global community support sessions. CDF can affect anyone at any age at any location in the world. Receive support from topic experts sharing information on nutrition, mental health, C. difficile prevention, treatments, and environmental safety, as well as learn about upcoming events, teleconferences, and support sessions. To register for a session, call the CDF Foundation at 1-844-4-C-DIFF. 1-844-367-2343 or visit us on the web at cdifffoundation.org Support is just a phone call or mouse click away. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. 
Welcome back to CDIP's Spores and More, and we welcome our listeners joining us today. It's a pleasure to reintroduce to you Dr. Mark Stibick from Xenix, joining us today to discuss stopping CDIP technology's important role and what patients can do to avoid an infection. Welcome back to the show, Dr. Stibick. Thank you. Great. Well, thanks so much for being here. And before break, we were discussing the basics of UV disinfection of uh, hospitals and how Xenix germ zapping robots it, are taking place in the hospitals. Um, maybe we can get more specific about the disinfection approach. Uh, would you mind sharing that with our global listeners? Sure. So, so you know, basically, you know, there's a there's a couple different risks and or considerations you need to think about for C diff and. And one of the primary questions is, you know, where is the infection coming from? And there are really two answers. One is coming from, you know, outside the person or inside the person. So, you know, we say exogenous or endogenous infection. So if they're colonized, if they have already C. diff in their gut and they receive antibiotics that, that suppress their other flora in their, and, and that might cause a flare-up of infection. But we also want to prevent that colonization in the first place. And we want to prevent, you know, them the patients or, or anyone from getting that um, initial inoculation, we would say, with C. diff. And, and that, that becomes kind of tricky. So there are these two components. One, you want to you remove C. diff from the environment, and that's through removing it from hands, from removing it from surfaces. And that's where we're focusing, you know, because once the patient's in the hospital, that's, that's the area where you can focus the most on for infection control. What we're finding, and a challenge right now, I think, for hospitals is, you know, C. diff isn't just in the hospitals, and patients often don't come, you know, hosp- they go from their home to the hospital and back out. They might be going through a long-term care facility. They might be going through, you know, coming from a nursing home, or they might be leaving the hospital to, again, a long-term care facility or some other facility. And what we're finding is, you know, when you want to really think about C. diff control, you've got you've to expand out beyond the hospital into the long-term care, into the nursing homes and control it there as well, because some of the sources of C. diff are going to be from the, those patients might be getting exposed first to C. diff in those environments and then bringing it with them into the hospital. So we, we've, done a, we've done some work there, and we're now expanding into those areas too, because we realize there's a whole continuum of care as, as a patient goes through. And so we're, we've, we've got some studies that have come out looking at long-term care facilities, a good 45-plus you percent know, reductions in their C. diff rates which then takes some burden off of the hospitals because now they're not getting patients coming in colonized with C. diff and creating more and more work for them in infection control there. So we're trying to not only contain it at the hospital level, but really move into some of these, what we call them ancillary care areas where, you know, there's also C. diff transmission occurring and, and make sure we can control it at those places as well. So it's a, it's a multi-level approach is really what's needed. Exactly, and it is. And since 2010, Xenix robots robots, um, have been included in infection control protocols in nearly 300 hospitals, healthcare facilities of the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs and Department of Defense, in skilled nursing facilities, ambulatory surgery centers, and long-term care facilities into in the United States and Europe. And we commend you so much, and we commend Xenix on this outstanding accomplishment that you have achieved. And Dr. Um, Stevic, in what other areas besides what we have mentioned, um, can you see Xenix germ zapping robots being utilized in? We, we've done a, you know, we're, we're starting, you know, as we expand out, you know, both geographically, so to different areas, we're now present in Africa. Um, we've done studies, you know, we've, we've done studies actually in a, what's called a BSL-4 lab, which is a high-level biosafety lab. It's the highest one there is. And we've shown that the Xenix robot can kill Ebola very efficiently, very quickly. And so we're working, so that's one area we're looking at, working into what we call the biopreparedness area. So when there is an outbreak of a high-risk pathogen, we can also be available as a tool for the hospital to use to contain that. Um, we're also, we've done some work. Um, we, we get re- a lot of requests from individuals who perhaps they are, they're receiving a, a transplant and they're going home and they want to make sure their home is, is as safe as possible. And, and we've done that at times where we, we actually will bring a robot into someone's home and disinfect the home and make sure that, you know, they're, they're just reducing any, you know, reducing the, the risk of any kind of pathogen being present on those surfaces for these high immune compromised patients. So we're seeing more and more interest in that. We're even seeing interest in the, at the, what, what 
the companies that are the kind of the janitorial companies that clean schools and, and again, nursing homes and other facilities where there's just this, this constant worry about, you know, risk of infections. What am, what am I touching? What am I being exposed to? And we've seen that with um, sports also, you know, locker rooms. So there's a concern, especially in high school and, and other um, and football and contact sports, is MRSA especially being transmitted, and is it present in those areas? Is that causing any infection? So we're, we're seeing more that, that I would call that an emerging area. We're seeing more and more interest. The public is definitely becoming very sophisticated about infections and resistance, and, and you know it's amazing when you when you ask a group of people, you say who. You know, who here has ever known anyone with C. diff or MRSA or, you know, any of the kind of superbugs? And you might see up to half the hands go up, like a family member, you know, themselves. Everyone has, there, there just seems almost like everyone now has a story about these resistant pathogens or C. diff and how it's affected them or their loved ones. And it's, it's just really shocking. And so, you know, with our, our robot and our tool to disinfect spaces, and we want to get as many of them out there to, to help people and help prevent these infections. Yes, and you're doing a great job at that. And Dr. Stimmick, we have learned that Xenix will be hosting a webinar soon. Would you like to share that information with our listeners at this time? Absolutely. So on the 25th of this month, and you can go to xenix.com to find the information, we're giving a webinar. And there are two speakers, and we're very, very very proud to have both of them. One is um, um, a man named William Jarvis, and um, he's kind of the, the guru of hospital-acquired infections. He was at the CDC and participated in much of the, you know, how do we define, think about, and talk about hospital-acquired infections. He, he's won, I don't know how many, you know, Lifetime Achievement Awards for, for epidemiology. And so he's going to present in the, in the first part of the webinar on kind of the evidence, because there's, there's um, I won't say a confusion in the, in the, out, out there, but, you know, when you think about scientific evidence, there's evidence for a, a new drug that's going to substitute for an old drug, and that's a placebo-controlled trial. There's very, very expensive pharmaceutical trials that happen, and that's appropriate because you're saying my, you know, the pharmaceutical company is saying, you know, my new drug is going to replace the old therapy, and therefore, you, you know, you do need that level of proof that it's better. But when it comes to patient safety, when it comes to quality improvement, you know, there's, there's a, a philosophy of just always improvement, continuous improvement. So everything in a hospital is always changing. It becomes impossible to do studies like that. So he's going to talk about what is the appropriate level of evidence, um, you know, in our, in, in our published studies and laboratory studies and environmental studies where we sample the environment before and after Xenix and show we're reducing the number of pathogens in that environment. He's just going to kind of go through that and, and help people think about how should we be evaluating products and, and when is the right time to move in and start an intervention and, and, and add it to the, the hospital's arsenal of tools. So that's the first part. Which, and then the second part is um, Dr. Tom Kelly, who's coming from Orlando Health. And they've, um, there's a Xenix customer that published a study showing, you know, large reduction, 62% reductions of hospital-acquired infections in their ICU. And then they went system-wide with Cynic, so they deployed across multiple facilities and had a, a wonderful reductions again in, in 2015. Almost 200 infections were prevented. And so he's going to talk about how they deployed it, how they implemented it, how they went to scale, and then how they are planning to improve it even more. And so we've got kind of the, the academic version of, you know, what is, how should we be thinking about evidence? How should we be thinking about data for this area? And then moving right into an, a, a case study, an example. So that's, again, on May 25th, and, and the information's on our, our website. And all are welcome to join. Well, thank you so much for sharing that information. And um, Dr. Stibick, can you elaborate on other peer review studies that have been done utilizing the pulsed xenon ultraviolet light disinfection system? Sure. So we, we classify the studies in, in three groups. So we call what we call laboratory or proof of concept where we go and, and confirm, well, confirm what we kind of already know, that yes, indeed, the, the germicidal ultraviolet that's produced by Xenix, which covers the whole germicidal spectrum, very intense light, is effective against different pathogens. So we've gone and, and published studies where we show our impact on C. diff, on the gram negatives, on Ebola. We've even gone and tested against anthrax. And so we publish those results, and, and those are available 
And then we move into what we call environmental studies. And these are studies that really show what's happening in the real world. So when the robots use, so, so the study design is basically patient is discharged from a room, they leave, um, we sample the, the high-touch surfaces are sampled, but usually by the facility, um, and then they're cleaned, standard cleaning, and then they're sampled again. And then we bring in Xenix and, and run our cycles four minutes in the bathroom, four minutes on either side of the bed, and sample again. And what we've shown is it, it can be up to 20 times better than housekeeping in terms of the amount of bacteria collected at each different time point. So housekeeping, you know, they, you know, again, we like to say what their job, the job they're given is humanly impossible to, in a, in a very short amount of time, make the room look beautiful, but also make the room pathogen free. And it's just not possible for them to do that. And that's what these studies show. Surfaces are missed. Surfaces remain um, potentially infectious after a standard cleaning. And so we come in and, and fill that gap. Then the third level of, of data that we look at is what we call outcome studies. And these really look at the comparing the rates or the rates of infection, how many people got infected in the hospital before they deployed Xenix, and then looking at what happened after they deployed Xenix. And that's where we see the, the, the reductions we've talked about, you know, 50 plus percent reductions in C. diff, for example. And those are what, again, those are what we call outcome studies. And we have eight of those. And those are very, I'm very proud of those. And those are very precious to us because in order for that to be published, the hospital had to have kept other factors in infection control the same, like their hand hygiene program or their cleaning program. So we might have a two-year period, the year before Xenix and the year of Xenix. And they kept everything else the same, and they're able to isolate the impact of Xenix. And that's what they publish in the, in the scientific journals. Well, that's amazing, Dr. Stebeck, and definitely covered a lot of ground there, and we appreciate you sharing that with us today. Um, before we pause for our commercial break, uh, there's an announcement we need to make, and that's the CDF Foundation. would like to extend our gratitude to Ceres Therapeutics, Summit Therapeutics, Clorox Healthcare, Rebiotics, for being a platinum sponsor of the fourth annual International Raising C. diff Awareness Conference and Health Expo taking place this September 20th in Atlanta, Georgia. Through the participation of all of our sponsors, support the foundation's dedicated mission educating and advocating for C. difficile infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety and support worldwide. We appreciate your help and support, and now we will pause for a commercial break, and when we return, we will continue learning more about stopping C. diff, technology's important role, and what patients can do to avoid an infection with Dr. Mark Stibick. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these important messages. Making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Join us on September 20th in Atlanta, Georgia for the 4th Annual International Raising C. diff Awareness Conference and Health Expo. Visit the C. diff Foundation website at cdifffoundation.org for event details or contact the C. diff Foundation at 919-201-1512 for additional information. Again, the website is cdifffoundation.org. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. 
Welcome back to CDIP Spores and More, and we welcome our listeners joining us today. It's a pleasure to reintroduce to you Dr. Mark Stibick, joining us today to discuss stopping C. diff, technology's important role, and what patients can do to avoid an infection. Welcome back to the program, Dr. Stibick. Thank you. It's great. Great to be here. Well, we thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us today. And Dr. Stibick, what can patients do to protect themselves and their loved ones when going to the hospital, both as a visitor and a patient? So there are a couple things that, that patients should really think about. And, and the first one is even before going to the hospital, um, a, a tremendous resource that's available is a website called hospitalcompare.gov. That's .gov. And on that website, uh, so every hospital in the country now that receives money from Medicare or Medicaid, which is all of them, they have to submit their numbers and they have to submit specifically their C. diff rate. And that goes right on the website and, and it's publicly available. And what happens is you can go on the website and you can dig down. Yeah, I think you have to press a button where it says more details or something. You can put in all, you can put in your zip code and it'll list all the hospitals in your area. And then you can look up the rates, and there's something called a standardized infection rate, or SIR score, and it'll tell you whether the hospital is doing better or worse than average for, um, you, know, you know, for the area and, and where the rates are and what the trend is, and that's a great resource for people to, to look up and just see, you know, is this hospital doing okay, or is there, a, is, there, is there some kind of problem there or some sort of, you know, CDIS outbreak happening, you know, you can, you can see the rates there. So that's number one. So you want to just do some research and, and check out the facility. The second thing is when you're there, you can, you can ask, and you should feel empowered to ask the nurses, um, the doctors, anyone really, even, the, even the, the person cleaning the room, you can say, you know, what is this hospital doing you know, to control C. diff? A lot of hospitals have active programs where they're monitoring everything very closely. They're monitoring the rates of hand hygiene. They're monitoring how you know, how the, the cleaning team is doing and making sure they hit all the surfaces. So every hospital really should have an active program. And, you know, if those frontline people know what it is, that's a really good sign because that means they're communicating out there, they're making it a priority, and they're making sure everyone in the hospital knows, you know, we're going to attack C. diff and this is how we're going to do it. And these are the steps. And, and we see more and more programs and, and more and more of the hospitals we deal with have these very, very active programs. And, you know, hopefully one of the things they say is we have this, you know, we have the Xenix germ zapping robot that's coming in and, and, and making, you know, moving into all the C. diff rooms and all the rooms at risk and disinfecting those. So that's the second thing. And then the third thing is, is monitoring your own um, kind of hand hygiene yourself. So as you come into the facility to make sure you remove any germs that might be on your hand, you know, using the alcohol hand wipes for um, the basic germs. And then for C. diff, you got to scrub you're going to have to, you know, use soap and water. So that, that the alcohol wipes don't really work very well for killing C. diff spores. So you're going to have to go and, and do old-fashioned hand washing and scrubbing with, you know, soap and water, but to do that frequently and to make sure you're not, you know, harboring any kind of germs or C. diff on your hands and observe, you know, watch everyone else who's coming and going in the room. Are they doing that correctly? Are they remembering to wash their hands? Sometimes they need a reminder it's very human to forget, you know, nurses, especially nurses and healthcare workers, they have incredibly busy days and incredible demands on them. They might forget something, you know, here and there to wash hands and all that and, and, and to just be observant and remind them. And the one thing I like to tell people, and I guess this is the fourth one, is um, become hyper aware, like just don't touch your face. And, and it sounds like a very simple thing, but if you think about it, if you have a, a, a germ on your hands, the most likely way that's going to get in your body is you rub your eyes, you touch your mouth, you know, you're just touching your face. And if you just sit and observe people like at a cafe or something, you know, just, just kind of watch and be aware of it. You'll be really surprised how often people touch their face. It's just a very human, you know, behavior thing. So if you can become real sensitive to not touching your face, that, that might really reduce the possibility of even if there is a germ on your hands, which is you know, not uncommon, that it won't get into your body. And so those are four things. So research, research the facility, hospitalcompare.gov. Um, monitor, you know, talk, ask about, just ask directly, what are you guys doing here about CDIF? You can ask anyone you want. They should all have an answer of some sort for you. Um, do your own hand hygiene. Make sure you're cleaning your hands and make sure everyone else around you is. 
and then don't touch your face. <laughs> well, those are four really great tests to follow, and that's just not just for the patients and their families, but for healthcare providers too. And thank you so much, Dr. Stivik, for sharing all that. And now, maybe you can explain with us and share with us, rather, um, what are other applications of the Xenex germ zapping robot? So the the, the Xenex germ zapping robot, it's, it's very unique. And, and what's, what's unique about it is it's the way it produces its germicidal UV. So right now, there are kind of two ways that are available to make germicidal UV. One is using a mercury vapor lamp, and the other is using pulsinon, which is what we do. And, um, and we're very, very fast. We're four-minute cycles. That's one advantage of it. But the other advantage, or another advantage, is that it's an inert gas. There's no environmental concerns if a bulb should break. You know, it's, it's very, very safe versus, you know, a mercury bulb, which we all know there's all sorts of risks with mercury and, and, and cleanup procedures that need to be followed if those bulbs break. And that allows us to move into many areas. So not only in the hospital, but we can go into other areas that are perhaps less controlled, like a school or something like that, where... You know, you, the, the robot might be moving and we might move it up and down steps and all that. And we don't have to worry about any kind of breakage or anything like that. And the other unique thing is we're producing this, you know, very intense broad spectrum. You know, we're covering the entire germicidal spectrum. So that, that allows it to be fast in these areas. So when you look at, say, a locker room, you know, it's kind of a complex area. And we have to, you know, if you're on one side of the lockers, you're not disinfecting on the other side. So by having very quick positions, we're able to disinfect those spaces. So we're seeing more and more, you know, um, interest from, from non-healthcare areas. So our primary focus is, is hospitals and ancillary care. So, long, you know, definitely nursing homes, long-term care, any places like that, skilled nursing facilities. That's where we're putting most of our focus. But we are paying a little bit of attention to these other areas because the robot itself is such a good fit for them, and it's, it's so easy to use in those areas. So, again, like schools schools, locker rooms. Um, we've talked, we're in talks with different, you know, cruise ships for norovirus, those types of applications. And, and those are exciting. And I think over the next year or so, those will emerge and become more and more important. And that's something too for, for the, the listeners, you know, the more the concern is expressed by, by patients, by customers, that you're concerned about infections, you're concerned about C. diff the more power that gives the people who want to make change in those organizations. So, for example, when we talk to infection preventionists, they're the ones in charge of infection control at the hospital, or environmental health workers who, you know, they understand the importance of cleaning. You know, if they, if they could report to their superiors, you know, I got 20 phone calls this week, you know, about, you know, people concerned with infection control. On the, you know, if the nurses report, hey, I keep getting asked about C. diff, they report that up into the executives. That's going to give them a lot more leverage and a lot more power in their organizations to advocate for change. So being vocal is very important. You know, being able to tell people like, hey, I'm really concerned about this and I want to know that you're doing everything possible to prevent these infections. And that's going to just really kind of activate those frontline people who, who, who they completely get it and they understand the importance of it. And, and be able to pass the word up the food chain in the hospitals and in, even in a, on a cruise ship that this is an important issue for, for the customers, for the patients, and that really they need to do everything they can. Yes, and they do. And thank you for also mentioning the cruise ships, which have been in the media a lot lately. They and- have, and it's, it's, a, it's a tricky situation. From an epidemiology standpoint, it's a tricky situation where you have so many people packed together. You've got yeah. to have everything right to prevent those infections. Exactly. And I just want to um, share with our listeners that there are videos and a wealth of information available about Xenex's germ zapping robot on their website, which is um, www.xenex.com. And under the tab resources, you can find all the information and the really uh, informative videos to explain and to display the germ zapping um, technology that is being utilized to kill the superbugs. And Dr. Stemek, what can our global listeners do to encourage adoption of the technology that we're discussing? So I think, you know, the, the first thing is, is you know, listening to programs like this, being informed, being aware that, you know, there are options for hospitals 
to um, there's new technology coming and there's new technology already here that um, addresses these issues because sometimes what we want to we want to overcome the idea of you of kind of just accepting what's what's there both on the for the hospital and for the patients to say you know we want to always be striving to improve and use every tool possible and the economics work out for that because the, the infections there not only are they horrible but they're also expensive. And they're expensive for whether it's a, a U.S. hospital and Medicare doing a penalty or whether it's a hospital in the U.K. and, and it's expensive to the healthcare system there or wherever in the world. These, there are costs associated with those. And if you can prevent that infection, you know, if you could take a portion of that money that would have gone to, you know, to treat that infection and turn that into prevention, that is really what we need to be doing. So, I think the more, again, goes back to being vocal. The more vocal people are, the more awareness they're creating, the more unwillingness to accept hospital-acquired infections as just part of routine care. That we just have to kind of basically just say no to that. There are ways to reduce them. There are ways to, you know, we have to strive to zero. One infection is too many. And that has to be told, you know, throughout any healthcare system or society, like, this is unacceptable. It's the fourth leading cause of death, these infections. You know, Two, three hundred people a day in the United States die from these infections. That's insanity. And there are, there are tools that are available to reduce that number. And we've got to just kind of get the message out that it's it's too long. And and again, one infection is too many. Exactly. And that's so true. And um, to reiterate what you just said is the Centers of, uh, for Disease Control and Prevention statistics, as you would mention, uh, show that the United States, one in 25 people, patients will contract an HAI, hospital-acquired infection, during their care, and close to 75,000 of the patients die annually. And like uh, you had just mentioned uh, one infection is too many. So, and then we discussed the $30 billion annually, the stress on the healthcare system and the industry. That's also another whole, another whole uh, section that we can talk about later. Um, exactly. But Dr. Stibik, I want to thank you so much. And uh, we're going to pause right here for a commercial break. Please stay tuned. And we'll be right back after these important messages from our sponsor. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. To help support the CDF Foundation, please visit our website, cdifffoundation.org forward slash donate or call toll free 1 844 4CDIF. That's 1 844 367 2343. Join us in our fight against C. diff and help us continue our mission of educating and advocating for C. diff infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety worldwide. Through your continued support, we can continue raising C. diff awareness and help save lives. Donate today. Visit cdifffoundation.org. Thank you. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. We're back, and we welcome our listeners joining us today. It's a pleasure to reintroduce to you Dr. Stibick, and welcome back to the program, Dr. Stibick. Thank you, Nancy. And it has been a pleasure discussing stopping C. diff, Technology's important role and what patients can do to avoid an infection today. Dr. Stibick, 
can you share with our listeners the cost of hospital-acquired infections and how utilizing the Xenix germ-zapping robot and technology has successfully driven down the cost and eliminated the burden imposed by the superbugs? Sure. So, so when you look at cost or hospital-acquired infections, there's a couple different components. So the biggest one, uh, kind of the, the most newsworthy one happening right now, is in, in 2017, up to 5% of, of hospital reimbursement, so this is from Medicare and Medicaid, which make up a giant budget line in, in all the hospitals, is going to be dependent on kind of performance measures. And one of those measures is the HIA rate, specifically what's called surgical site infections, or SSIs, MRSA, and C. diff. And so there's a lot of attention on these rates. And, and the program's made for the hospitals to basically compete with each other, because if, if they're in the bottom quartile, so the, if they're the, the worst 25% of hospitals, they're going to get penalized even more. Um, so that, you know, from our perspective, is great, because it really highlights um, the need for hospitals to be paying attention to hospital-acquired infections and, and, the, and the risk they could create for their patients. You, when you also look at it, you also have to look at you know, the actual cost of treatment. You have to look at the cost to the patient. There's usually not only is there obviously a, a mortality associated with these infections, but people can have lifelong disability, and that, that I mean, has a huge impact on their, own, you know, on their own economic potential and of that of society as well. And you also look at, you know, the infections also, not only do they, you know, you need more medicine and things to treat them, but the length of stay in the hospital is increased. So hospitals have patients there that are longer, the patients there longer, and all of that is a burden um, that can be measured in many ways, and one of which is cost. What we like to do is we, we take all of this, and it does get kind of complex, especially with the reimbursement plans, and we model it for the hospital. So we say, okay, here's where your infection rate is. Here's if we do a, if you get a, a 10% reduction, here's how your reimbursement will look. If you get a 20% reduction, here's how your reimbursement will look. And that tool has been really a, a, really great to work with the hospitals to get them to understand better why they should make a, a you know investments in prevention because they're going to pay off. They're going to pay off when these infection rates go down. And there's there's so much cost to the infections that the prevention programs are just a fraction of that. And so that cost savings makes it very much worth it for the hospitals to invest in, in programs like Xenix, to bring in germ zapping robots, to bring in, you know, more attention on infection control, and that's going to pay off. Exactly. And it's wonderful to know that Xenix offers a personalized in-person ROI analysis, which will help them find out Medicare funding and how they can unlock, um, you know, the numbers by decreasing hospital infection rates with the Xenix germ zapping robots. So we really appreciate that. And I know the hospitals really appreciate your services that you provide. Something else we've, we've learn to, um, you know, what we've, we do as a, as a company, and this is, I think, very unique, is we have on staff four infection preventionists, three PhD epidemiologists. And what we'll do is not only will we figure out, you know, how the, the Xenix program is going to impact that hospital, but we'll look at their overall program because there are so many variables in, in uh, you know, in infection control. We know what, you know, we know we can control the environmental component. We put in Xenix in a room. And that environment's going to be safer afterwards. We're going to decontaminate that room. But there's so many other elements going on, and we can work with the facilities and, and provide almost that consulting to really lock in and just an excellent program that's going to just head all these infection rates with, with everything we can. Exactly. And Dr. Stimmick, thank you so much for that. And before we close the show, would you like to share a closing message with our listeners today? Absolutely. So, so one, I'd like to, you know, I'd, I'd like to, to thank all of the infection preventionists out there, the, the EVS workers, you know, they're the front line and they're our allies. In this. And we need to, you know, continue to encourage them and work with them. And, and for the listeners to, you know, to come in and, and really, if you're in a, if you have to, if you're in a, if you're a patient or, you, or your family member is a patient, again, those are your allies. Those are people that you kind of, you want to encourage them and, and work with them because those are the, they're, they're seeing it every day and they're going to do everything they can on a daily basis to prevent the infection. So, you know, I, I always like to form a relationship with those frontline people because those are the ones that, that really, really matter in, in infection control. 
Exactly. And Dr. Stevick, we thank you so much again for being with us today. And um, again, to learn more about the Zenix and the services being provided, visit their website at www.xenex.com. C-O-M. Thank you again, Dr. Stevick, for being a guest with us this week and for sharing all the information. Uh huh. Absolutely. I was just going to say thanks for having me. It's been really fun. Uh, well, thanks. It's always a pleasure having you, and we're glad Skype was cooperative this year. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And we thank you so much again for sharing all the information and, and for our global listeners. And we ask everyone to join us every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, as we discuss up-to-date information with topic experts and organizations focused on C. difficile infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety products, and much more. Once again, we thank our official sponsor, Clorox Healthcare, for making this program possible. Please visit their website at cloroxhealthcare.com forward slash C. diff radio. The C. diff Foundation is hosting a Raising C. diff Awareness Tampa Bay Sunset Casual Dinner Dance on Friday, November 4th in Newport Ritchie, Florida. For tickets to this event, please visit their website at cdifffoundation.org. We send out our get well wishes to the patients being treated and recovering from a C. difficile infection and all wellness draining illnesses all across the globe. I'm your host, Nancy Corrala, and until next week, none of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together, and we thank you again for joining us this week. Have a good day. Thank you for tuning in this week for C. diff, spores, and more. Be sure to join your host, Nancy Kerala, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of our program on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. None of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together. C. diff, spores, and more is brought to you by Clorox Healthcare, trusted solutions for your infection prevention needs. Visit us on the web at cloroxhealthcare.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.